What's up, ladies and gents? Muscle Intelligence Podcast Q&A version. I'm sitting here in Medellin, Colombia with my great buddy, Chris Spearman, and we decided that we had so many great talks that we should record some. And he has a really, does a really, really good job asking questions. So he and I kind of decided that this would be a cool format for you guys to dive into some stuff. And so we've been doing a lot of brainstorming, planning, masterminding on how to help each other grow business. Chris is doing a lot for me and giving me perspective and insights into growing my coaching business as I launch it in 2020, growing my mentorship. And I've done these things for a long time as of you, Chris, but there's always stuff to be learned, right? There's always people who are doing something different. I think it's been a great learning experience to kind of dive into the mechanics of your business. And I'm grateful for you, man. Thank you for doing this. Dude, thank you so much. It's pretty humbling and exciting to be involved even on a, a small level. But <laughs> over the last few weeks, even just the conversations and you know, we've been saying it the last few days, just being around like-minded people who have the same values and want to just kind of up-level their skills is uh, it's cool for me. I would rather be alone, as I'm sure you, than with people who are not in alignment, right? And I think a lot of people struggle with that in this lonely society we live in. It's like you know, everyone's consumed by their phone. They have way too many superficial relationships and nothing that's deep. Because when it comes down to creating that deep relationship or that deep bond, people are too busy, you know, creating fair weather friends and like, oh, I want to have more likes and more followers, but I don't actually pay attention to the people who are closest to me. And this is a great segue into the business talk that we had with your uh, coaching clients the other week. Just the idea of like, hey, how do I become an influencer? Hey, how do I get more clients? And everyone's looking outside of themselves, right? They're looking at all these places. Like, I want to go on Instagram and, and get more clients, or I want to drive traffic and get more ads. When in reality, you need to create this really tight circle around you of people who you help, and you become the expert in your inner circle, and then they become your biggest advocates. And that's ultimately what we do, right? Is you and I, the reason we're here, a lot of the common values, and we have this small network of people who ultimately we help each other a lot. And then if I find come across a client who I can't help and I go, dude, you want to get in cover model shape? I know the exact guy for you. Or, hey, you want to grow your, your business? This is the guy for you to do Which that. You have done. Yeah, like, yeah. totally. And I think uh, there's an amazing parallel between this conversation and the last Q&A that we had when we talked about building muscle and looking at a, an internal stimulus rather than an external stimulus, focusing on you know the inside or you know how we're contracting the muscle, whatever it may be, rather than the weight or the environment outside of your body. And the same parallel with business in terms of looking at ourselves, our values, what we believe in, our brand, rather than looking exterior, maybe money, what other people are doing, how many followers, external gratification. There's a really good kind of parallel there. And I think the message really is probably to people out there who feel like you know they're a little bit overwhelmed that you can do it. It's within your control, but you just need to take ownership. You know, for me, the, the jumping off point that most people should address is self-acceptance and authenticity, right? And we talked about that on your call as well. So most people live in this reality of lacking self-acceptance and seeking it everywhere else, right? So they, they change who they are to fit into the group that they're in or to be accepted by their family or be accepted by their peers or whatever it is. And they never get to truly live their authentic dharma as we speak of right is like who am i at my core what makes me fulfilled and happy at my core and if i live that the world will become your oyster right because you'll do it with so much love and passion and enthusiasm that people will come to you to tell you how great you are rather than you having to seek them out and i think it, it, it's certainly the ascension of a mountain to determine what your dharma really is because we all are created we all have created realities or molded realities based on our past or what we believe we needed to become to fit into these situations. And I've talked about this stuff a lot, but 
you are not the person that you think you are, right? That your life right now is not a reflection of who you actually are at your core. It's a reflection of who you were in the past or how you've adjusted your life to become accepted. So when you can start diving in and being present with yourself and saying like, who am I and what do I love? And what makes me happy? What makes me fulfilled? And what do I love to do? And how do I impact the world? You start asking those great questions. You can really start to shift how you come at the world. So rather than coming at it with, I have to, and resentment and, you know, seeking acceptance from people, you're coming at it, bringing your greatest, your highest and best to the world, right? So I think that's what people miss in the entrepreneurial space. People are trying to fit into become the next Chris Spearman or the next Ben Pakulski or whatever they're trying to do at whomever, right? The next Gary Vee. But the reality is you can't and you can never be fulfilled and you'll never do a good enough job and you have to find who you are at your essence. What are you really good at? And accept that and love that and then pursue that. I think that's something that you know we resonate very closely with because when I have this conversation to some of the business clients that I have is I can speak from a very authentic place because that person who was looking for external gratification was completely me when I started. I'm not saying I'm completely, you know, fully aware of who I really am, but I'm a, I'm a, a good portion of the way there. What I want, you know, what I value, the people I want around me. And the interesting part of it is as your business grows, if you do it the right way, you know, and your values are in alignment, you know, with your actions or your actions in, in, in alignment with your values, then I feel like the more successful that you get, the more money that you make the less relevant that is. I say this all the time. I don't feel like my gift on this earth was to get people in cover model shape. And I don't feel like my gift on this earth was to help hundreds of people grow their PT or online business. I feel like my gift was to help or aid people in believing in themselves. And I just use both those as a vehicle to do so. I've had to find that deep within me. And truthfully, and a massive thank you, you've aided massively in my ability to do so since since we've known each other, since we've been working together initially. And now at a friendship level, I feel like being around people who I can have these intellectual conversations with, whether the world listens in to these or not. I think, you know, the, the conversations that we have make me very aware of probably, and I know this may be a little bit deep and off the podcast when we talk about, you know, faith or, or, or divinity, but I definitely feel like I have a purpose and I feel like I'm really filling that mold with who I am, the people I want to serve and, and maybe my message. I'm still developing it for sure, but I think being around the right people definitely helps. So people out there, just like you said, who are maybe a little bit lost, I think being around the right people and having the right mentors is probably a very good place to start. If they listen to your podcast, they're in a good place. So I <laughs> think you. they're, and I think that's something anytime I meet your disciples, the muscle intelligence community, I feel like they're very aware and a lot more mindful, let's say, than a lot of you know other people in the fitness space or groups or communities. So I think a lot of people who listen to this probably get what we're saying. We're very much in alignment. So it's exactly. very true. So I noticed that with a lot of people is, you know, since this new conversation has kind of arisen in my life, teaching people how to not just build muscle, but optimize every aspect. You're absolutely right. Like when I meet people, the alignment is always right there. And I love that. I love that feeling of creating this community of people who are actually out there to do good. You made some comment to me last night. You said, you know what? I love the people that are reaching out to me now. Not that you didn't before, but the way you said it is... I didn't know it before. Well, yeah, it's very okay. selfish. Right. Yeah. And I think even just the, the conversations that you seem to, you know, from being around you now for the last few weeks here, you know, the people that are coming into your world 
that are in alignment with you because of your values, really, really important. Admittedly, I was one of those. And, you know, I reached out to you initially to help me to, at the time, you know, progress my physique, build a bit of muscle and, and do some covers, which I did. You helped massively, but it wasn't the fact that you could help me build muscle better than anyone else. You could. That was a bonus. I reached out to you because I said this on, on the call yesterday when you were off taking your calls to my crew. And I said the two reasons why I reached out to Ben was the way he makes me think and the way he makes me feel. And when we're in a conversation and the way I feel about myself or where I'm heading and that my values are in alignment, but also the way I think or the way you make me think in relation to what's important in my life and is it external gratification that I'm looking for? And, and I've realized now that whatever, we'll see how many covers, and I know there may be some on both our horizons, who knows? If I'm to do any form of competition or competing or getting in shape again, yeah, it'll be a little bit of a challenge for myself. But it will probably be to show other people what's possible more so than anyone else, or more so than myself, helping people maybe really fulfill their potential. That's powerful for me because it's the, not just me doing it anymore. One of the podcasts that you and I talk about often is Phil McKernan. Dude. And questioning, like, so, you know, I did this, right? And Can you do me a favor for everyone? Can you, like, pull that onto this and just replay it over and over again and just... Just, that, like, little clips built into the... Dude, into the, that is... Uh, for yeah. those of you guys who haven't listened... Muscle Expert. 60-something, uh, maybe? Yeah, it was an old one. Yeah, but it's so it good. Incredible. So good. So Phil McKernan basically is this guy who comes on the podcast and tells us... When I was transitioning away from bodybuilding, I had a lot of, I wouldn't say anxiety, but I would say angst around perception and what am I going to do now and who am I going to impact it and what's my direction and all this uncertainty. I think a lot of people go through that. It's like when there's a change in direction, like that bodybuilding is all I did from the time I was 16 years old, 17 years old. I mean, I went to university, I worked businesses, but like those were literally like mindless I'm just going to go do this and finish it. And when I when I was competing, like that's all I did. So now to go, hey, we're going to take this away from you. Now let's go live a different life. I wouldn't say it was hard, but I would say it was certainly new. So to, for Phil to give me perspective on how to adjust your perception of like this identity and like, because it's very, it would have been very easy for me to stay in the bodybuilding game. Even if I didn't compete, I could have continued to head sponsors and I could have continued to teach people muscle building and I could continue to, to do, you know, transformations and, and just focus on that. And I would have been very successful and I would have been very well off and I would have been helping a lot of people, but I wouldn't have been fulfilled because there's so much more to this, me and this life than that. And Phil allowed me to go inside myself and question, why am I staying there? Because I already knew what I wanted to do. I just didn't feel like I was ready yet. It's this thing that a lot of people suffer from, right? It's the imposter syndrome. And who am I to come on and talk about you know, mindset? Who am I to come on and talk about uh, you know, health optimization? And you know, there's people out there who are certainly smarter than me. But as we would say to anyone listening who is creating their own business, you don't have to solve every all of everyone's problems, right. right? You don't have to. You don't even have to take them from the beginning all the way to their destination. You just have to take them from point A to point B. As soon as I had that realization, it's like it was empowering to me, and it kickstarted this voracious desire to consume, this voracious desire to learn. And I was like, I want to be the best in the world at this. So that same focus and energy I put into professional bodybuilding, now I put into just reading, consuming, learning as much as I can so that I can provide value to anybody. And the way that I frame this, and I would love for all the listeners to get this in their mind, at some point in my life, my intent is to have this list of people who are my greatest 
mentors, role models, people who I look up to most. I've used this metaphor on the podcast before, but they're all sitting around the table and they call me to the table. Each of them individually says, hey, you want you to join us at this proverbial table and not because you're in the right area, because you're providing so much value that we want you to provide value for us. And that's the only way that I could approach this. So if I was, you know, Tony Robbins is one of my, my original guy, right? I, I wish Jim Rohn was around because Jim Rohn was another guy and the whole list of people who I'm working day in, day out so that I can be at the table with them and, and have them say, you need to work with this guy. This guy's the best. This guy's going to help you with this problem, this problem, this problem. And he's going to make this world a better place. And that's really one of my visions for 2020, man. And I, I hope you'll be involved with this is, you know, this idea of impact, right? So I spoke about this again on a podcast, and I think everyone should frame their business around this as well. Forget about money, impact. How can you serve? How can you help people? And I want to create a collective of influential people, but I don't care for influential. What I care about is passionate people, motivated people who want to make an impact. So if we created a collective of motivated, passionate, altruistic people who come at some collective project and work on it with their individual skills, but no doubt in my mind, we could change the world. I feel like I'm powerful enough now, whereas if you give me a mission that's powerful enough, I will change the world. And that's what a lot of people miss in their business is that mission that's powerful enough that like pulls you rather than it, you know, pushy, like it, it's, it's hard. Like I have to go, I have to get up. Like I want it to pull me, right? This like tractor beam thought, getting clarity on that size mission and business is how you get, you know, we talked about Elon Musk getting billions of dollars behind him, right? So we, literally we're just thinking through, and this is where maybe a meditation comes in or being alone with yourself is like, what is that mission that excites you so much or excites me so much that gets me out of bed every day to shift everything in the world? And for me, very much like you, and which is why we're friends, it's empowering everybody to know without a shadow of a doubt that they can change their body, that they can change their mind, that they can change their life. And I think that empowerment alone shifts the scope of humanity because if I'm at 15 years old or 25 years old or 45 years old and I'm confident in myself, I'm confident in who I am as a person and how my brain works and the way my life is starting to evolve and I realize I can change it and I'm in control of it, I'm no longer a victim, all of a sudden I have less reason to be not nice to people. I have less reason to to mistreat people or manipulate people because I know things are going well. So if we can empower you know teenage kids with the knowledge and skill set to build their body and love themselves, you eliminate, I, I would hope, a large percentage of drugs, a large percentage of bullying, a large percentage of eating disorders. And again, that's just my pipe dream, but that's what I really aspire to do is build this skill set where, you know, or this network, maybe even more accurately, it's not necessarily about what you do, but maybe who's going to do it and empower the whole world. Because I think that for me is, is how I can contribute to shifting consciousness in humanity or shifting the energetic sequence of humanity, right? So many people are vibrating at these low levels that's a little esoteric, but if you read Power Versus Force, which is one of the greatest books ever to understand energetic, uh, you can write that down later. Just look at this phone. Um, that uh, very, 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 very good book. Very, very good book. Um, David Hawkins talking about how they've quantified how everyone kind of vibrates and resonates at different frequencies, and uh, they actually test it and quantify it. It's super interesting. But like, imagine stepping up the level of everyone in the world and just giving everyone the permission to be kind and be loving and come at the world as their best self because they don't have to feel inadequate, feel insecure, feel unloved because they realize they have that all inside. It doesn't take something outside of you to achieve it. You just have to learn to accept who you are at your core.
I say this often to to people when you know they ask, "Oh, you're you're hanging out with Ben. What's it like? What's Ben like?" You know, when the podcast isn't on, and truthfully, I haven't actually phrased it this way. Said, so, and I always say, "You, out of anyone that I've ever met, the most mindful." caring genuine human being and i honestly come on you're setting a high standard now man (laughs) i'm serious i'm serious um i think there are two people to me that stand out yourself and my granddad and i know i've spoken about my granddad quite a bit and it really intrigues me as to whether that was always in you or has it been a case of your and i know our experiences shape us and our failures shape us and our challenges it was it was always in me yeah. From the time I was a child, because I remember wanting to care for everybody, wanting to love everybody, but I didn't have the confidence to do it. Because as a child, you're sometimes said, told to shut up or you yeah. leave me alone. I, you know, like you, you don't know what you're talking about kind of stuff. And I always wanted to help. I always wanted to give. I always wanted to love. I always wanted to be there to help people. And I repressed it for a very long time. And I said during my career, my selfishness and my selflessness were both there very much consciously most of the time. And I think maybe my greatest, you know, if people, if, if you, if you would ask me if I was selfish during my career, absolutely I was. And there were certainly times when I wish I was more selfish because I gave too much of myself, which sometimes distracts you. Right. But it was always conscious. It's like, I, you know, it was, it was an effort for me to be selfish. Like I have to be this way to be successful. I think it's in everyone, man. I really do. I think you just need to learn to accept who you are and accept rejection because rejection is not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of somebody else, right? If somebody says, Hey, like turns their emotion upside down on me or whatever it happens to be, it's okay. Like I don't need acceptance all the time. I don't need everyone to think I'm great. I don't need everyone to think anything really like non-judgment, just that's where they are in their life. I think that's maybe the most powerful thing that anyone's ever explained to me. And it, maybe it's been a kind of a learning process for me. But if I come to you and I, and I offer perspective or if I offer help or if I'm just kind or anything, any situation, your reaction has nothing to do with me. Nothing. It has everything to do with you. That's why my interest in the autonomic nervous system, because that's what quantifies it. So when we talk, we talked about this in the podcast as well. This physiological reality, this physiological body state creates your psychological state. You know, Tony Robbins actually uses that phrase a lot. And I didn't make the connection back then, but he always says your physiology determines your psychology. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you want to change your life, you have to move. You have to have drastic movements, massive movements. And that's why I think it's very important for us to acknowledge that the mind and body are inextricably linked and we need to learn how to use those together. And that, my friend, is my mission. I think there's so much value for people trying to grow a business or people saying, oh, it's saturated. It isn't. What it is, is it's saturated with people who don't know who they are. They don't know their mission and they don't know their audience. And whoever says that doesn't know their mission and their audience because you're trying to model somebody else. For sure. Like I do my best not to look at anyone else's model. Like I'm like, how can I serve? Ask that question. Just like ponderances, right? And I always say like I meditated on this or I pondered this or I had this awareness and it's just like questions that come up that I document in my extensive notes that would maybe prompt someone to get a little more clarity on what their purpose is, what lights you up, like what makes you excited without having to, it's very easy to go out and model other people. And I do it too. And as do you, I'm sure we all do, but that's not where the true victory is, right? Because if we spend too much time modeling other people, it's kind of like being in a relationship that you're not happy with, right? Every minute I spend with somebody else who is not fulfilling me or not perfect for me, not my perfect partner, is a minute that's being taken away from you know potentially meeting that perfect person. 
the same thing in business. Every minute I spend, every dollar I spend, every thought that I spend on things that aren't my highest and best is literally taking away from my opportunity to deliver my highest and best to the world. So by definition, you're doing a disservice to the world, right? We're literally doing a, a disservice to humanity by pursuing something that isn't in alignment with our highest and best. Especially if you're trying to be somebody else. Imagine spending 24 hours a day, seven days a week with somebody you don't want to be around. And that becomes you if you don't step outside of that and go, listen, I don't want to be this person. I need to be, like we say, you know, you need to follow your dharma, which for me has been even being here the last few weeks. I think it's been a, a massive eye-opening realization that from a very young age, I wanted to succeed or achieve or get recognition. We speak about the imposter syndrome or the reality that you only need to be a few steps ahead of your tribe. And I firmly believe that it's a question I get asked quite a lot is, should I put out this content? What if someone says, you know, you're not qualified? I say two things. I say that as long as you're adding value to the people who potential clients or whoever it may be, as long as you're adding value and you're one step ahead and your heart's in the right place, then I think you're doing a pretty good job. It's a perfect segue into something that just came up in my mind. I think we should talk about. So everyone in the world right now, everyone fancies himself an online business coach and wonderful, right? People who have never done it before. Everyone's teaching people how to build business. Great. Here's how you separate yourself as a online business coach or as a entrepreneur. So it's very easy. And you and I got into this trap this this time, this trip. It's very easy to work for 14 to 16 hours a day and be busy. And it's very easy to do that. But realizing you're getting caught in the tactics. You're getting caught in like now. So instead of being you know the coach on, behind on the sidelines, now you're the player on the field. And so the coach gets to see everything from the bird's eye view and go, okay, what's happening? How do we do this? So the coach takes a step back and goes, okay, I want to look at all of the things as they unfold in front of me. The player is the guy in the trenches doing it 12 to 16 hours a day. The ninja. Right. So acknowledging that in order for you to be a great coach, in order for you to be a great entrepreneur, in order for you to have a successful business, it's so important to not work. And that sounds counterintuitive, but it's so important to be and to think and think about like, we spent a lot of time this week you and me, doing things we didn't need to do, doing things that we could have very easily just not did, a lot of wasted time, we could have delegated. So instead of spending that first one to three hours in the day, creating our mind, creating our vision, clarifying our message inside our mind, we were tactical. And again, I think there's certainly a time and place to be tactical. For sure. I mean, most people listening to this just because of just the, the society that we live in, wake up, Check your phone, reply to emails, reply to some clients, message your mom, talk to your other half. Not that there's not value in all of those things, but something that I did take, you know, when we first started working together initially was, I think it was probably the, the episode that you recorded with Craig Valentine about creating your perfect day and segregating your, the time that is most sacred to you. And I think, and it was an interesting one because I turned around to, you know, the coaches within my, within Spearman Fitness or within Fitness School Freedom initially. And I said, guys, just heads up. If you message me before this time, it won't get answered because this is my time. And the interesting thing is that at the start, they were a little bit, oh, but what if, what if, what if, and now if I, oh, they know. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also there will be times where I go, guys, I'm just letting you know for the next seven hours, I'm, I'm probably going to be 
MIA. Mm-hmm. I've got this flow going and, and I need to chase it and I'll get back to you in eight hours. Yeah. And when that happens now, they're bloody excited because they know something I'm onto something. Yeah. yeah. So I do that every day at home from nine to one every day. I don't take calls. I don't take meetings nine to one every day. Obviously we're here. It's a little bit of a different scenario. So my morning blocks are very, very focused on, like I say, this spirituality, this being no phone, spending time with my loved ones, spending time alone, going for my walks by myself. And those are my anchors. Like that's what keeps me emotionally grounded and allows me to be resilient to stress and allows me to not be reactive to things. And as soon as I get out of that routine, which I have, I can see myself shifting. I can see my energy shifting. I can see my reactivity shifting, my patience shifting. And you know, that's the beautiful thing about meditation is I can consciously see it. I can quantify it in my business. Like if I spend the first two hours of the day walking, breathing, meditating, just being grateful for everything that currently exists, I come at the world from such a high, strong, powerful place rather than being a reactive squirrel trying to catch a nut, right? You're, you're literally coming at it from, you know, this position of power and I'm looking down at everything and seeing, you know, how I can make the greatest impact today rather than just constantly just chasing what the next shiny object is. You had an awesome meditation. I think it was yesterday morning or the morning before, and you just came out and I think I was making coffee and you said, and admittedly, you know, when you're in a routine, you always do it, but you were like, meditation just fixes everything. Like, I just feel so good. I feel like, and, and to me, it, it's obviously, it's a world that I'm kind of stepping into. I, I say, I don't say I'm breathing, I'm meditating yet. I say I'm breathing. So I'm focusing there. And I know we spoke about this in yeah, one of the other Q and A's, but how important is it for entrepreneurs or people who want to grow their business to be mindful rather than to be reactive, to be conscious rather than to just, you know, picking up your phone, going through whatever needs to, or you think needs to happen and working in your business rather than on your business? Well, you tell me, like of the, of the really successful entrepreneurs you met, I'm not talking people who are making a couple million bucks, right? I'm talking about people who are actually making an impact in the world, like people who we look up to, people who are writing the books, who are changing the world, who the people who are leading the leaders, right? Not people who are just like, you know, uh, an entrepreneur fire. That's great. Like that's important. But people who are like the leaders of the entrepreneurial space, the people who are the leaders in movies and the leaders in, in like all the big corporations, what percentage of them meditate? All of them. At least 95%, yeah. I would say. Like Silicon Valley, 95%. Everyone has a meditation practice. Many of them have a yoga practice. There's certainly some spirituality involved there. And, and why? Well, if you want to get into the neuroscience of it, I'm certainly no expert in neuroscience, but we, we have an expert coming on the show. By this point, he may have already been on, who talks all about it. Like, what is it doing? It's just allowing your hemispheres of your brain to talk to each other. Rather than having this uh, chronically disjointed electrical signature in your brain, meaning like random stuff firing at all times, which is typical, like, like the squirrel. squirrel brain, yeah. how we can have these, these large, almost harmonies or symphonies going at the same time and all these electrical sequences happening. They call them neural networks, things that fire together, right? Rather than having, like you said, the squirrel brain, we have all these things that can fire in unison. Our brain is literally electrically more powerful. It's able to conduct more energy. It's able to conduct more thought and sync these different aspects of the brain. You said this yesterday was the information's already there. We just have to be able to retrieve it and tie things together. And that's been maybe my greatest gift in life 
especially exponentially more when I meditate, is the ability to see how things fit together. And I think I've, I've got away from that a little bit because, like, as I said, I've been tactical in my business for the last few months, which is, again, there's been a lot that you've needed to attend to. Totally. Yeah. One of the, I suppose, the obstacles that entrepreneurs have, and it's definitely something that we resonate with, is delegating and delegating to the right people. and Competent people, yeah. For sure. Um, and, and that's not always easy. It's a challenge. I think something that I've worked on really well in 2019 was the ability to communicate with my team and how to do that. And just like you said, not be squirrel brain, not be rational, not be irrational, but to be mindful and to stop and think. And we've mentioned this probably every podcast I've ever had with you. I've mentioned this quote, but the Viktor Frankl's quote of just not responding immediately, taking that gap or that gap between stimulus and response. And in that space, lies our ability to change the world essentially um and i think that's something that i'm I'm very much aware of now is just being a little bit more mindful i think being around you helps but it's definitely something that's um, so there's one thing that comes to mind actually that's i read a lot of business books you know that i like to understand how people look at business and and i'm trying i'm trying to pull it to, to mind what book it was but it was a book i read really really recently speaking about how it shouldn't be about people it should be about processes like and, and I see why that's important because ultimately, if you become very dependent on people, at some point, there's going to be disagreements. At some point, there's going to be entitlement. At some point, there's going to be miscommunications, mismanaged expectations, right? So, you know, for all entrepreneurs out there, like, again, it sucks because I love the idea of having a personal business. And, you know, truthfully, I want a personal business. Like I want to have a tribe of people who are ultimately like my family and we work together and we can get along and there's no egos and there's no anger. And, um, but it's very hard. So if you want to scale your business you know, you're talking about uh, being able to communicate with your team, it's so important. And we talk about, I want to talk about leadership. I love to talk about that. But even before that, creating some type of clearly defined roles, expectations and processes. Because if I say, Chris, I want you to come work for me and I want you to acquire leads for my business and I'm going to give you $5,000 a month or $1,000 a month, whatever. You say, okay, that sounds like a pretty good exchange. That's, that's a handshake deal. We say, this is great. But I didn't define how many leads, what quality leads, where are they coming from? How are you getting them? I didn't help you. I didn't empower you with the ability to be successful. So I think it's so valuable to create really detailed expectations really detailed KPIs, uh, key performance indicators, and giving people the skills and the tools they need to succeed. So communication is vital, of course, letting them know you care and you love and you love them and you're working toward the same mission. But even beyond that, there has to be some type of SOPs in place because every time I don't do it, but I always fail. And that's a relative term, but I always end up having a failure in the relationship or a breakdown in the expectations and like, hey, you're not quite doing what I hope to do right and that's so important for entrepreneurs to know if you start any business anything sops really clearly define expectations kind of like if you're getting into a relationship we had this conversation as well as you can imagine i think was uh it was the very first episode of muscle intelligence podcast when you went through your your key principles yeah four, four principles right one of the things that you said which which has stood by me and it's something that i think of often is exactly what you said, is to clearly define expectations in every single friendship, relationship, be it work, romantic, whatever it may be. And 
you know, truthfully, I, I took that into all aspects of my life. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to be clear. And I think it's important to be aware that I know what I bring to the table. I know my faults and I'm working on some of them. Um, <laughs> and, but I know what I can bring to the table. But most importantly, whether it's a relationship or whether it's a, you know, a business partnership or whether it's an employee or a client, there are certain levels of expectations for me or there are things that I feel need to be met. And if someone can't meet those or I can't meet theirs, there is no issue. There's no stress. Right. Like we spoke about the other day. It's like, you know, if that's the case, great. You live your greatest life. Yeah. Either you, right? you fit this role or you don't. For sure. It doesn't have to be like I'm mad at you for something. Absolutely. It's like, hey, you're just not capable of doing this. And yeah. That's okay. You made a good point to me. And this is the same for employees or clients, whatever it may be. You said, Chris, can you speak Chinese? I can speak a few languages, but not Chinese. And you're like, exactly. Now, if I was expecting you to speak Chinese to me, you couldn't do it. Not yet, at least. It would take time. It would take practice. If you're committed. And motivation. True. And that's what <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. If you're committed to speaking Chinese, yeah. I have no doubt you'll improve and eventually you'll get there. Right. So the question then lies, if you meet someone, romantic, friend, business partnership, employee, whatever it may be, are they committed to a you know, to adjusting or to fit the mold. You, you would have called today with your team that are, you know, creating something pretty cool for you in 2020. And the question that you posed a few times is, I can help you here, but are you committed to fulfilling X, Y, and Z? And of course they are. And, you know, as long as that's the case and you guys are willing to work together to create something awesome, then great. But I feel like, unfortunately, sometimes I think, you know, in, in business or otherwise, I think people feel like they lock heads and they think, listen, no, this is what I want and that's what you want. And instead of literally saying, well, maybe this just isn't a good fit. I think that's something that's, that has massively changed both my businesses, Experiment Fitness and Fitness Code Freedom over the last year is the ability to say no to clients and to be truthful and say, listen, I'm probably not the best fit for you uh, there's a couple awesome couple and they wanted to transition from personal training to online coaching with the intention of building a gym and i said i'm going to tell you guys right now if your intention is to build a gym or a facility and run that i am not your person however i can make you extremely successful in the online space so that you can afford one and then eventually go on and hire somebody else. And that's exactly what they've done. They're still with me right now. And, you know, when they do go on to build a facility, I won't be the right person for them, at least not now. And the truth is, because I'm not committed enough to learning that craft. It's just not my thing uh, right now. I think that's such a powerful, from a psychological point of view, from a business perspective, from a financial perspective, and just overall not feeling stressed it's incredible to be able to turn around and, and you said this on, on the other podcast is to say, I'm not the right person for you, but I know who is. And I think there's, there's power in that. Totally. I think it's important to also acknowledge that it's, it's a, it's a fine line when you're hiring somebody new because everyone's coming and always putting their best foot forward. Like, yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. Yes, right. I can do that. And it's like a date, right? It's like you're going to date. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm I'm your dream man, right? Like I'm you're you're perfect for me. I'm perfect for you. I've got right? loads of money. You right, exactly. see my car. <laughs> right. I got a photo of it somewhere. Right, exactly. And everybody's putting the best foot forward. And I think that may be the biggest flaw in, in life is like people always putting on this external shell, this external persona, but in reality, underneath they're a mess. And I'm actually pretty consciously aware of of how I dress. 
think you do the opposite. To not do it. Right. Yeah. Like, I, well, I want to be me, right? I want to be, you know, stripped down to, to, I guess, metaphorically say, it, right? Is like, I'm not going to put on like, you know, the skin tight t-shirt and the really nice, like, you know, I'm not going to, I, I don't want to get into it and right. be stereotypical. I'm just like, hey man, this is me. Love it or hate it. I'm not going to change that. Like I can put on some nice clothes. I can put on some nice shoes. I could drive a nice car. I could show you my bank account. No. If I meet someone that way or if, if I'm taking a job and I lie about who I am or I put this, this false sense of reality forward, I'm setting myself up for failure in everything. So everyone wonders why relationships fail right now because they're built on a false foundation. They're built on bullshit. Why are there so many people getting fired in jobs? One, and losing relationships. One, the grass is green on the other side. So things get hard, I'm out. I got 300 other options on the other side. Two, there was never a strong foundation to begin with. And Jordan, Jordan Peterson talks about that, right? It's like the most important thing in life is having some one person who can be completely honest with you. And hopefully it's your spouse. And you can have this mutual exchange of complete honesty without judgment and complete acceptance and love and say like, this is how I feel. This is who I am. And I can be completely honest about this stuff. Think about how powerful that is. Like just saying that out loud makes me feel good. It makes me feel powerful to say like, I want a foundation of complete honesty, no like emotional baggage and no trauma and stress and, and just like complete honesty. And that speaking those words makes me feel powerful. And I think everyone should aim for that both in business and in life. And I guess it's hard because everyone's manipulating everybody for their own best interest and it fucking sucks, but it it is what it is. It's true. I think we had an interesting conversation as well. And it was something that I've, I've done recently is, you know, when I'm delegating tasks within my team to either employees that are already there existing and tasking them with new jobs or, or new things to do, or maybe hiring somebody new I'll continually go, is everything okay? Like, are you happy doing that task? And it's always, about, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Even when you know they don't, they don't want to say. Sure. Yeah. I think I'm getting quite skilled at doing this because what I say is this, listen, I know there are some things on that list that you're not overly keen to fulfill. I prefer you tell me what they are right. and I can give you ones that are going to be in alignment with. So my question is rather than that, it's, hey, what are you struggling with right now? So I'm opening the door rather than saying, hey, is everything okay? Because they want to say yes. But tell me what you're struggling with right now. Well, I'm kind of having a hard time with this. That tends to work a little bit better. I'm sure there's even another level of questioning that would help. Language Um, is so important. important. Yeah. And I I think even coming back to friendships, relationships, business partnerships, or, you know, whether it's delegating tasks. And admittedly, I I would have been quite irrational and probably not overly skilled at doing this. But I genuinely am really proud. There's not a huge amount of things that I would openly say, especially on a a podcast in, in case of sounding egotistical. But the way I speak to my tribe, I am very proud of. The way I address things that I'm not happy with, I'm very proud of it. I think the reason I'm proud of it is because it's something, it's a skill that I've known probably over the last year to be a skill that I need to acquire. It's something that I am very committed to doing because I see the value in it. But also it's probably because it's it's not one that someone who knew Chris Spearman 10, 15 years ago would have said, oh, wow, really? Uh, He hasn't like blown the lid or kicked off? And I think that's something that if I was to give, you know, a little bit of, you know, a nugget of wisdom to someone out there, and it's not necessarily, you know, if you're running an online business or your personal trainer and it's just you, maybe it's the way you speak to your spouse. 
Maybe it's the way you speak to your kids. Maybe it's the way you speak to people in your inner circle or your friends. You know, people listen to this don't have the privilege of probably knowing you really well. But the one thing I can say hand on heart is I've never seen anyone speak to their children the way you do. And from someone who's come from, you know, a, a history of, you know, maybe a, never really feeling like I had a family or had a role model who was able to articulate different parts of the world different tasks or even just having conversations or wisdom or, or, or passing that down at the time. That's something that I'm very aware of. And that's definitely something that comes across in the podcast and people know that for sure. But it's something that, you know, for being around you has obviously made me a little bit more mindful of that, but it's definitely something I've worked on. And, and if I could, you know, suggest one nugget, it would be that people spend a little bit more time on that. I think that's a superpower. Yeah. You know, talking to people in general and being so consciously aware of, the things that I say have meaning and not only do it, it's like food, right? So I can give you a chicken breast and you eat the chicken breast, it goes into your body. I could say a word to you, you hear the word, it goes into your mind. But just because I say a word doesn't necessarily mean your brain's going to interpret the way I meant it right. to become across. Well, it's the same with food. Anyways, you know, because it's going in and creating the signal inside your body. So I have to be consciously aware of not only what am I saying, but how am I saying it? And then how do I perceive them to interpret it? And is that accurate? And I'm literally trying to think that far ahead. Do you know why that's incredible? Uh, and it's only just hit me now. Because you have that level of awareness where you're analyzing while you're having the conversation, how it's being perceived, what you're actually doing, and I know you're aware of this, but I have always until this point, is that you're doing what most people never do and they speak listen and analyze the feedback right. and the response. And that's something that very few people do. It just resonated with me there that that's exactly, if, if your aim is to address or try and take in information while you know, you're maybe having a conversation with your kids and how they're perceiving what you're saying, then you're being receptive of their energy, their words in response, right. or, or how they're perceiving what you're saying. That's really important. There's one great story that drove this home in my mind. And it's the, the book that most people would have, would have read by now is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And great book. I suggest everyone read it. There's a story in there that says... And I'm going to paraphrase because I'm not very good at remembering stories typically. Mom comes home, goes in her daughter's room, 15-year-old daughter. Fine. Again, this is not accurate. Don't quote me on this, but this is the gist of it. But 15-year-old daughter goes in her, her closet and she finds a six-pack of beer or you know some amount of alcohol. And child's not home. Child gets home. Mother just absolutely tears her apart. You're a better person, like yells at her, berates her, makes her feel terrible. Daughter hates mother. They get in a fight. And that causes animosity that maybe lives forever. That girl is very scarred. Like my mom doesn't love me. She's judging me. She you know, doesn't care about me. Or you, know, you ask the mother the question before she decides to, to berate her child. Are you mad? Yes. Why? Well, because I don't want her to hurt herself. Why don't you want her to hurt herself? Because I want her to know that I love her. Okay. So does you yelling at her let her know that the true essence of why you're saying this is twofold. I want you to know that I love you and I'm afraid for you going down that path. There's that. And there's also egocentrically, I feel like I'm failing. So maybe instead of mindlessly spouting off, thinking about what message am I actually trying to convey? What do I want them to know that's true? And that's how I approach my children. Like I have this core set of values that I want them to understand about how I feel about them. And I want my words to always portray that. 
So no matter what it is, I want them to know anything they do is okay. I accept them. I love them. We all make mistakes. And if it's something you did that maybe wasn't the best idea, let's talk about it. Why did you do it? What was the motivation? Can we do it better? So it's this acceptance and love, right? And that's it. It doesn't have to be complex. I mean, maybe it's 10 levels more complex. Right now for me at their age, it's like, I just want them to know that they're great. They're wonderful. They're accepted. Everything they do is absolutely acceptable because they're learning, they're exploring, they're finding their place in the world. And for me to say, no, don't do that, takes away that confidence and that ability to go exploring who who they are at their dharma. And I just want them to know they're loved and accepted, man. That's it. For sure. I think there's, you know, two amazing parallels to that. And it's along the lines of a client, which happens quite frequently on a call with a potential client, when they say they want to get abs, I'm like, you don't, tell me what you really want. Tell me what you really need. Because like you said there, if I know what that client really wants to achieve and I map that out and reverse engineer that, then how I interact with that client or the language that I use with that client in relation to our journey, is completely different, completely changed. And just like you said here with, you know, with your kids, why would I sacrifice short-term success when it's not fully in alignment with what they really want or what I really want for them long-term, but also it parallels with business. You know, people say, oh, I want loads of money. Why? So that I can be safe, happy, so that your kids are happy and safe, yeah. right? So then maybe you don't need money at all. Of course, it will help for sure, <laughs> but maybe you just need to... But how much? as well true and maybe you just need to follow your right values and one thing that really interests me and and has interested me a lot since um probably this time last year is how little and obviously we need money to live i get that but how the smallest thing like we never speak about money and if we do it's it's only in parallel to the service we provide or the value that we offer and the word that we always use is the impact that we have. I think that's such a superpower in this day and age. Definitely something that I think, you know, when you're for a lot of the entrepreneurs here, what I would say is just be mindful when you think or talk about money, what that really means. We spoke today. Yeah. I trained one of my, one of my team in to take some sales calls and in a very short space of time, 4,000 pounds came in to, to a client that we're helping off two calls that that client, uh, that, uh, that coach took on the phone. And the only thing that crossed my mind was imagine how amazing it feels for him, but also for the client that, you know, that we're acquiring clients for to know that his service and their service was worth 4,000 pounds to these two people. Right. That's, that's a superpower. Yeah. It's not about you know, what you do with the money. And, and it comes back, you know, for those who, the listeners of the podcast who aren't overly aware who I am, I don't have a TV. I don't have a car. I don't have much that I feel that I need other than, you know, the clothes on my back that probably been just gifted to me by some company that said, here, wear this. So I don't value a huge amount of, you know, I don't put a huge amount of value in materialistic things or materials, but what I do value and it just like yourself lights my soul on fire or really drives my passion is impact. And I think, you know, if we were to frame this whole episode around anything, I think the word would be impact. Yeah, empowering people yeah. to make to yeah, I think that that one comes strong for me, man. It's like whatever it takes, I want to empower you with the knowledge, with the skill set, with the self-confidence, with the belief with the right questions often. This is not always the, the path. Like I don't want to tell you where to go. I want to 
you know, kind of gets you asking the right questions of yourself. Uh, and just wrapping up, I guess, um, one thing I think that we, you know, that I kind of glossed over consciously that came back to mind is one of the benefits of meditation is, is being able to sit and ask exactly as you said there is how much, how can I provide the greatest amount of value and to whom can I provide the greatest amount of value? And what is this unique skill set that only I have right now, this unique set of experiences that only I have? Who can that serve and how can I help them? And, and that's the question, right? And the more you can dive down that rabbit hole, the deeper and deeper and deeper you go into value, value, value. Now you can sell this, like I said, this high ticket coaching that everyone's right. trying to offer, right? Everyone goes, oh, I want to do high ticket coaching. Well, how the hell are you doing high ticket coaching? Well, you're charging more than me. You're doing a fraction of what I'm capable of doing. Right. Right. So everyone's trying to go after this high ticket coaching. Well, instead of thinking about high ticket coaching, think about high value coaching, right? Like how can I provide so much value that these people are begging to pay me? Like, Hey man, can you please offer me this service? There's a lot of people out there like that who have a waiting list of people like, Hey man, the waiting list is long, but listen, when you get on, life's going to change. Shit's going to happen. Be prepared. Grab one tight. We're going for a ride. That's where I want to come at the world, right? I want to have a waiting list. I mean, just go listen. When it's your time, I promise it's going to be fun. It's going to be a ride and we're some cool shit together, right? That, I'm, that's I'm, where we I'm come smiling up. because when you said, uh, you know, just, just one last thing to summarize in my head, I was like, oh, this is really valuable. I want to say this. And that's exactly it. And it was actually, you know, something that, that Ben said to me almost nine months ago now. And it was every single person that walks into your world, think to yourself, how can I help you? And that has been probably the greatest tip that I've given to my coaches working for me, you know, but the clients within fitness coach freedom and myself. And, you know, for those listening, maybe just one task for you for today is if there is a client out there, maybe it's a difficult client or it's a client that you're struggling with or you're frustrated with and you can't get a result. I want you to do one thing. Just take a few moments today and think not, you know, what are you trying to help them with directly, but what do they want? How can you help them long-term? What is it they really need from you? It's something that you know, I mentioned that myself and Wade spoke about. Wade's the head of coaching within Spearman Fitness. And we were going through the Cover Model Academy clients one by one. And he was like, oh, such and such wants to lose this. You know, such and such got a shoot book for whatever. I said, no, dude, I want you to tell me what do they really want? How can we really help these people? And anyone who's been into MI40 will know as soon as they walk in the door, it's like, hey, how can I help you? That's the most important thing. Right. And even a step deeper than that, right? Like it doesn't have to be a client. For sure. Right? It, it can right. be someone at the grocery store. It can be someone walking down the road. And it doesn't have to be anything more than, hey, that's a really nice shirt. Or, hey, you look really nice today. Or, hey, I hope you have a nice day. Or a smile or a touch on the shoulder or something that's exactly what that person needs right there to lighten and brighten their day. I can't tell you how powerful it is to, to finish your day and walk through all of these things that you've done to change people's day because you don't realize how much you can change somebody's day with a little smile or a little thank you or go, going out of your way to do anything. Right. And I spoke, I finished podcast recently with Ashley about this and this one may go out after Christmas, but one thing I'm asking my children to do, is for the 15 days leading up to Christmas, we're doing uh, one act of kindness a day. I think they do it inherently, but I want them to acknowledge in their brain. They've been a little resistant to it, to be honest. Oh, I don't want to write it down, Daddy. I'm like, guys, let's make it a practice. Because I'm like, well, can we do them all in one day? I'm like, well, no, let's let's make it a daily thing so it's conscious in front of mind, right? Because if we want to create a habit, it takes time. So yeah, and that, that's one thing I try to incorporate as often as I can when I'm 
conscious enough to be present is if I have the ability to impact somebody by like we did today, stop and buy something off the lady at the side of the street and give her extra money. And like, if we can make an impact that, that could change that person's week or day or month or year. Right. Mm-hmm. And like we give her this, like it, that to me is impact. And that's now maybe she's going to be next to her kids or now maybe she's next to her spouse or, and that is, is this idea of like the butterfly effect. And I think we have the ability to change the world every day. And especially people like us and many listeners have a significant following. You have a huge opportunity, huge and I'm guilty of not taking full advantage of it because I know I could get on Instagram every single day and provide a shitload of value for people and go, guys, this is how I want to help you today. And if it helps one person, I win. And I don't do it because for whatever reason, right? I don't want to one, be on Instagram every day. Two, maybe it's lack of or, or fear of judgment because like there's always this conscious or unconscious desire to avoid ridicule because in our place i'm sure you get the same as me there's there's eight million trolls who are going to jump on there and jump on your back for for offering value someone put up obviously a very different demographic someone made a comment about uh kim kardashian today and they said 153 million people follow kim kardashian and 150 million people don't like her so (laughs) that really whether that's accurate or not i don't know but the point is i think as long as she's living her greatest life, hopefully yeah. she's in alignment with her values. If I've never met her. her. How can I say that? Absolutely. Like if I don't know her, if I'm not Kanye, sure. like, I mean, if I'm <laughs> right. Kanye and I'm like, you, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of this and human, fine. When it comes back to that, you know, even just talking about spouses or people in our circle, you, we all take for granted the things that we have. So for those listening to this and, you know, if you're planning out your act of kindness or your act of, I'm going to say something amazing to this client or this person maybe take a stop and take a second and go hmm what would my spouse love to hear what can i tell her that's accurate? the person that are close the people that are closest to, closest to yeah. us um you know what would my best friends want to hear and what's truthful i'm not and gonna lie family. to my family this this ties it for circle because this is exactly how we started the podcast right stop looking outside of yourself to try to solve everybody's problems if you can't even do it in your own right like be kind to your family and listen we all have good days and bad and we all have people that we just don't get along with and, and or we don't see eye to eye with and that's okay. But you still can make them feel good. You can still make them feel like it's their significant, they're important, they're loved, they're cared for and there's nothing wrong with them inherently. They just are who they are and we don't necessarily have to want to keep them in our life all the time, but we can still accept them for, for sure. being the wonderful we had a, um, there. You know, We had a, an awesome conversation the other evening and, and I made a point about yeah, we've all been through struggles. And one thing that became very apparent to me during that period of time was how frequent we spend trying or the energy that we spend trying to get acceptance off people who haven't given it to us. Yet, we don't even know. Rather than thanking the people who have always supported us and will always support us, no matter what we do. And I think if you can take maybe another nugget and it's something, you know, when it comes to maybe negativity and hate, hate's probably, you know, a word that probably overspoken about, but anytime I felt a little bit of ridicule or a little bit of negative energy, like I said the other night, I sponge it up and I bottle it up and I'll text my mom and say, I love you. Or I'll text my friend and say, dude, you know, what you're doing is awesome. I love it. Tell me more about it. I think having that positive influence or that positive circle or a positive network that even has these conversations is something that really can't be. So maybe, maybe you could bottle it up and send it back to the person who sent you the animosity. I've done that, dude. So I, I used to do that oh, as a bodybuilder yeah. all the time. And my, my quote is, and everyone on social media who has social media presence, take this and heed this advice is 
oftentimes in life, your greatest adversary will become your greatest advocate mm -hmm. because they're just passionate people who are misdirected and misguided. And if you can, sure. can be compassionate and educate them and provide value, they will become your greatest advocate. I have people in my world right now who are literally my greatest advocates who at one point were trolling me. And all, they, all I said to them was, hey, man, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or maybe not even that, but like, if I can ever help, let me know. One last point about that is sometimes it's feedback we need to hear. Totally. Sometimes it's like, instead of us playing the victim, sometimes it's like, you know what? It's a bit of a harsh comment by this person. Maybe there's some value. But like speaking to your kids, maybe it's that's because they, they perceived it that right. way. Absolutely. And so you say, thank you. I didn't do a good enough job explaining that. And I just had a scenario happen like that very, very recently. Sent out an email kind of mindlessly. All of a sudden, I'm in trouble. Right. State, things start coming back. I was like, oh, I just didn't even think that these things could happen. Sure. But like, yeah, the way you say things, not only what you say, it's what, how you say it. Chris, well, this happened. And I'm like, maybe it was perceived this way. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And it's true. Some, sometimes yeah. I think it's important that we be a little bit more mindful and, and take that feedback. And for anyone without online business, you can uh, visit Fitness Coach Freedom. What's the website? Yeah, so Fitness Coach Freedom, the best place is probably to go to my Instagram and go to either at Spearman Chris or go to at chrisspearman.coach um, or you can go to www.fitnesscoachfreedom.net. I think we're going to have some pretty exciting things together coming up this year, which, yeah, we'll see. We'll Altruistically see. impacting, right? Yeah. That's it. And so anyone who wants to work with myself and my team in 2020, we are very close to finally getting this coaching platform out, which we've been building for better part of 12 months. And if you go to muscleintelligence.com, you can certainly submit an application. Obviously, we're going to have a limited number of spaces, but I will have the physique transformation stuff happening uh, immediately. And then shortly thereafter, I'm going to launch my one-to-one -one mentorship, which I'll let you guys know details about that in the future. I've had so many people apply already, but it's, it has to Wait be an application. Yeah, right. Yeah, it has to be an application process because it has to be a fit, right? Like, Again, it has to be just like a, an energetic fit and a skill set fit. And really, I just want people who are going to take action, right? I want people who are in alignment with the mission and the values and we're going to take action because I want to move fast. I want to build teams. I want to, to move fast on your mission, on, on whatever thing we, whatever we can do to help you grow your business and your, your mission. So people who take action. Anyways, guys, have an amazing day. I appreciate you being here. Chris Spearman, thank you very much for being here, man. This podcast is brought to you guys by... Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. You can get 15% off Blue Blocks by heading over there and using the code MUSCLE. You guys know I travel with my Blue Blocks, particularly if I'm on an airplane, if I'm sitting behind a computer, I almost always have them on and massively grateful for them supporting this podcast. Shout out to blueblocks.com slash muscle intelligence and use the code muscle. Have a great day, guys. If you enjoy the podcast, give Chris Spearman a follow, give me a follow and leave us a review on iTunes. And if there's ever any questions you guys want to send in for these Q&As, you can send them to the muscle intelligence podcast on Instagram. And you can actually go to muscleintelligence.com slash podcast and leave me a voice note. And I do hear those directly. And 90% of the time I reply as often as I can, I reply via Instagram. I don't usually reply with a voice or a video. So again, if there's 8 million of them, I probably can't, but I'll do my best to get as many as I can either onto the podcast or replying to you as quickly as possible. Guys, you're all amazing. And I'm so grateful for you supporting this mission to empower the entire world with the belief that they can with the skill set and the knowledge to change your body and live a great life. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.